We're back on the Exit 52 podcast, back again on a Thursday night, Friday morning, as you're listening to this, November 10th, 2023. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined by Spencer Nathaniel Schultz. How are we doing, sir? It looks like you were having yourself a fun little Thursday afternoon there. Correct me if I'm wrong. So the first order of Make the Bank Great Again sweatshirts has arrived. I got one right here. Have one for you too, Jakey, of course. And I'll throw it up for the YouTube. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on right now. I'll do an RDT, except I'm going to get dressed instead of getting undressed, as of what Eric usually likes to do. So those came in. I didn't have a terribly busy work day. I did some yoga this morning. You fire shout up, out uh, to you fire shout out to Adrian my girl up? Nicole Outmark at Merritt Ford Ave. Uh, my you're, buddies, you're cheating on Adrian. What are we doing, Adrian? Um, so had a nice yoga and a nice sauna sesh after. I had a pretty light work day, then came back and I had this shipment here. And they turned out. I mean, honestly, I don't know the, the where I get them from. I had never gotten any sweatshirts before. This is the first time I've even gotten something of my own that that I've made. And they turned out way better than I thought. They're screen print and like them a lot. So go check those out. I will keep taking orders on the early November batch through the, let's say, Saturday. So if you get your order in by Saturday, they should process on Sunday, Monday, and uh, all those will go out. So those of you who are listening, if you've placed an order then, then you'll get them there. So I, I do have quite a few still in supply. I'm going to re-up again as well. There will be some T-shirts of it given out with the Settleman next Thursday. We have 10 T-shirts for 10 lucky Brazen Ravens fans at that tailgate as well. There's still some tickets there. You can find that on Jack's Twitter, the Punchline Twitter, my Twitter, 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 all that good stuff. So I did have a nice little day. I had one. I had exactly one Ed Reed. What are they even called? Goat IPAs. You can see here. Pretty pretty good. I mean, it's a classic IPA. Tastes like a tin can in a good way. <laughs> and yeah, so then I just chilled for a bit. Got some more work done. Had a nice little din-din just now. Shout out to the franchise. Made a nice braised rib. Apple cider braised rib and some whipped sage brown butter mashed potatoes. And yeah, chilling, ready for two home games in four days coming up. Yeah, it's going to be something. Two divisional games as well. Uh, I will be in town for the Sunday one. I will be participating in the instant analysis. I won't be attending. Got an early ass flight out on Monday. So uh, not going to be in town for the Thursday night game, unfortunately. That'll be my uh, my last night down in Mexico for a little uh work off-site type deal so yeah gonna be gonna be out of the picture for uh what is being dubbed banksgiving i mean what, what a day a little double entendre there i think they're you know obviously that applies to the stadium name which of course you're doing all sorts of the lord's work in terms of bringing back the uh the atmosphere that we've come to know and love and then of course with uh our good friend uh brian banks black who is uh indisposed currently he's you know Shout out to the Pandas playing in uh, some sort of a playoff game or something, some sort of kickball, Volo, uh, you know, douchebag situation. And uh, shout out to them. And I, I think Taylor's participating in that as well. So that's where we're at. Love it. Thanksgiving. We'll have some guesty guests on, all that good stuff too. So we're, we're going full throttle. We're going to make this a fun Thanksgiving, a fun homestand, a fun November and December and January, and hopefully February as we follow and cover this Ravens team. That stands at seven and two as the Cleveland Brownies come to Townie. 1 p.m. kickoff there. The Ravens, if I'm not mistaken, are six point favorites. Last time I checked, that one o'clock kickoff, I believe the weather's looking okay. Jake, correct me if I'm wrong there. I think the weather looks decent. I know it's supposed to rain tomorrow. 
the Ravens are ultimately six and a half point favorites on FanDuel right now, minus 290. The over under the total is 38 and a half. So Vegas thinks the Ravens win by about a touchdown. And if that would make it what a 23, 22, 16 games, something along those lines, 21, 15 games, something right around there. So uh, Vegas thinks the Ravens score in the low 20s and the Browns score in the teens. And we do predictions at the end, but I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty close to what it might be. So uh, excited. This is, to me, the Deshaun Watson game, the Cleveland Browns Deshaun Watson game. You paid him $230 million, the largest fully guaranteed contract in NFL history. The Browns are standing at five and three and six and three to the Cleveland Browns. I believe gives them, according to Ben Baldwin's model and on NFL Fast R and all that stuff, a 68% chance of making the playoffs, and it drops them down to a 39% chance of making the playoffs if they lose. This is why they paid him all that money. Deshaun Watson has to win this game, or else they find themselves in the slump, the slodge, the pig pen, the sty and fighting against teams like the Texans and all that good stuff. Six and three would be fantastic for them. So uh, excited to see this one. I think the Browns, this is probably the biggest game in for the Browns in, I don't know, 18, 20, 25 games, something like that. So whew, we got a little doozy on our hands, I think. Yeah, no, with the, uh, <laughs> yeah, great time to have a quarterback who's quiet quitting effectively re-entering the lineup. And uh, yeah, some, some weird stuff has been going on there. We've been tracking it, but yeah, it all kind of, for them, at least, it kind of all comes down to this. The Ravens definitely have a little bit more of a cushion as far as the divisional race goes and the playoffs and everything. But, yeah, it is. it feels like do-or-die time for them. And I know they have a good record, along with all the AFC North, at least two uh, games clear of uh, 500, I think, right now. I think the other teams are all 5-3. and three. Correct, me, it, correct me if I'm wrong on that. But, yeah, weather, you mentioned it, looks like 48 and cloudy is what I saw, but no rain. That feels like Big Ten football weather migrating its way out to the east here at long last as November is... Uh, rolling around here into the land of pleasant living. And that's you know, it's, it's really funny you say that because my, my, one of my things I wrote down is that the Browns are a big 10 football team. Yeah. That's And that's just what I was leading into. Like, that's kind of what this feels like. The Ravens obviously have shown a lot more on offense, especially in recent weeks uh, than the Browns have been able to string together, but that defense is still good. They're not quite on that historic kind of torrid pace that they were on. Uh, and we'll certainly get into it all, but yeah, it, you know, I, I think this will be a competitive game. We will get into predictions, but, uh, you know, as high as the Ravens have flown the last two, three weeks, uh, there's certainly talent on this Browns roster to give them a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a tough uh, going here on Sunday, especially given that it's a division game and it's a, you know, what our guy Dan Hansis would call a wounded animal game. They are a wounded duck and they're trying to get back in the air before uh, things go go really catastrophic for them. So certainly looks like I, I had 58 degrees winds five to eight miles an hour gusts up to 17 so a little bit of a wind factor there and you mentioned it going through the injury report here i guess to, to do some housekeeping of sorts the ravens had a couple appearances i actually just looked at the wrong one i had melissa kims from yesterday I believe we had rashad bateman appear with a limited participation due to a back marlon humphrey appears with uh what jeff's rebeck described as jogging off to the locker room early with a hamstring Keaton Mitchell was limited with a hamstring. Marcus Williams, a full participant. Michael Pierce has now missed two days of practice with an illness. I think he's probably fine. He was out at practice today. 
And I believe Jalen Armour Davis also missed practice, and there might be someone else I'm forgetting. I'm not sure, but I think that was about all of the notable injuries. Um, I'm trying to go find the, the Browns report. They did have a laundry list on Wednesday, though. So curious to see. Odell Beckham did get removed from that injury. He just had rest day. Wednesday is for rest. So curious to see how that all ends up playing out. Got it right here finally. So we see David Bell, Grant Dell, excuse me. David Bell was a DNP. Marquise Goodwin was a DNP. Dewan Jones, the kind of star-ish, I'll say star, rookie, right tackle that came in when Jack Conklin went down, who was supposed to switch to left tackle because Jedrick Wills is on the injured reserve, has missed two days of practice with a knee slash shoulder, that big fella. Greg Newsom, the corner, DNP then limited. David Njoku, DNP then limited. Pierre Strong, DNP then limited. Alex Wright, limited, limited. And Amari Cooper, a DNP then limited. As Tupac grabs my microphone, completely tangles himself inside of it as wor as bad as humanly possible. Pretty much as bad as he could have done. Thank you so much, Tutu. Uh, so with that, a pretty long list there. And the Browns will be, like I said, without Jedrick Wills and maybe without Dewan Jones. And that is not a fun thought facing a Baltimore Ravens pass rush that has killed it so far this season. Yeah, and I guess we can start their offense versus the Ravens defense. And you mentioned it. That's really the story for me outside of Watson uh, trying to put his career back on the rails here before the before the Browns potentially have an exceptionally tough decision to make with him, like Chris Davis levels of tough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look great when you're going up against a defense with Kyle Van Noy playing like, you know, it's three years ago with Jadavian Clowney playing like it's 2015 with all these guys, Justin Matabike, just these guys just huffing, smelling salts, just jacked to the tits, absolutely getting after it uh, the last couple of weeks. Not the recipe you want going up against a defense like that. So first thoughts on this, uh, this Browns offense that has looked okay at times, but in recent weeks, it's been, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of tough with Watson out of the lineup, and now they're trying to integrate him back in. What's the initial impression of uh, Mike McDonald with his stock probably as high as it's been uh, since coming uh, into the NFL as a defensive coordinator? Yeah, it's tough, and usually we go read the – I've been reading the analytics off of rbsdm.com. It's tough, though, because, like you said, Deshaun Watson's missed time. So when you go look at their season, it's kind of, I'd say null and void, but they're behind the eight ball. And when we think back to those Ravens games – around week three, four, five, six, that range where they were missing guys, guys are in and out of the lineup. Like you mentioned, it's tough. They're behind the process. They're behind the progress that they would have liked to make. When I go watch them on tape, I tweeted it out. I get so bored. I, I stop watching. I can't watch. That's it's tough the same for you. Thing. You, you could watch a football, like any football game. I, I truly can. I When I was at SIS, I would do Navy, Army, and it would just be three yards, three yards, three yards. And you're like, oh, sick football. It's like, mm. when you're watching all 22 and Navy Army, the guys are all like 260. It's it's kind of tough. It was nice because those games would end quickly because time of possession was so much on each drive. Anyway, it's tough. It's not exciting. Uh, it's basically really plain, quick game on spot routes, hitches, slants, inbreakers, all those kinds of things. Watson has been holding the ball a shitload. He runs around, flips the ball to a running back, runs around, uh, flips the ball to a tight end. Then they'll airmail something to Amari Cooper. Him and Amari Cooper do have a really nice rapport. I do like Amari Cooper as a DFS option this week. 
I think they will generate 80 plus yards, five catches, 80 yards, maybe a touchdown, um, something like that. He has a nice connection with him. We, we saw a really nice pocket for Watson. The Cardinals weren't really blitzing him and their pass rushers. When you don't give them much help or creativity, couldn't really get home. Um, Speaking of quiet quitting, it was like they were starting Clayton Tune first week of his you know first ever start in the NFL and just turning the ball over, couldn't do anything effectively. You know, looked like a mid-round rookie in his first start coming halfway through the middle of the year. And yeah, it was just like boring to watch. Uh Cooper will run some in-breaking deep posts kind of stuff, some bang post stuff. And I think Watson is getting accurate again. That shoulder injury does make things convoluted, but did see some nice accuracy ultimately. Um, he tends to, kind of like Lamar, tends to, I think, miss long and high a lot as opposed to like low and, and away and things like that. So a uh, couple opportunities, Cardinals could have maybe got their hands on a football, would have been tough, but I don't know. I'm just bored by their offense. Um they are creative. Like we've, we've covered this team many times. If you've been following this podcast, Jake and I, for a while, they have a nice screen game. It's misdirection. They'll get creative. They'll bring some offensive linemen in the backfield. They'll do double reverses and double screens and throwbacks and all that kind of stuff. It just feels cheap though. It like, it's getting to the point where they're relying on it so much that it's just not like, I don't know. I've watched so much of it over the last couple of years with Stefanski but it's like, all right, here's a double. Okay, it's not it's not anything new. It's like old trick plays, kind of, is what it looked like last week. And maybe they have some wrinkles and more fun stuff for the Ravens. Um, that would make it exciting for sure. But I think this game on that side of the football is determined by can the Ravens take down Deshaun Watson in the backfield? He is still strong. He is still fast. He is still slippery. He does do a great job kind of. Creating a fast break, um, we've been talking a lot about basketball and football this year, but he creates a little fast break when he boots, well, I guess when he rolls out to escape pressure, he will create conflict kind of like an option, like a speed option. He'll go straight up field and a running back will start to drift, kind of like they're running a little three-man weave or a little fast break, um, and he'll just flip the ball out, or if you commit to the back, the back, you know, that it's literally just a fast break in basketball, so... If he can keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that, they can get in the red zone and get creative. Uh, maybe they can score three touchdowns, but I just don't think they will. Um, I, I, like I said, I agree with Vegas. I think this will be a 17, 18-point effort. And Jake, what I would do on that is take that zero on the left-hand side of the screen. I like to slide that to 10. So for people click. listening on the pod here, We've got RBSDM uh, pulled up, which you mentioned. Great resource, obviously. I think Ben Baldwin is involved with this, right? Yes, he. this is his baby, and it is lovely and fantastic. For as annoying as he can be on social media, this is <laughs> incredible. It brings you EPA, EPA per dropback, EPA per rush, success rate, all that kind of stuff. And uh, he allows you to take it as a PDF. You can copy it in Excel, CSV. So if you're someone who loves analytics and wants to dive deeper into that, I highly recommend using this website. You can skip between quarterbacks, defenses, offenses, and team tiers. The visualizations are just nice and easy. You'll see them on Twitter all the time. But yeah, it's kind of it's almost like the inverse where you've got Ravens way up there and rush EPA per play. I'm sure part of that is skewed, and you can correct me if I'm wrong by last week and maybe even really the last couple of weeks. But Ravens, no, the, 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 you are, you are wrong. It's it's been very high. Okay, so yeah, and it's obviously it would be. I mean, they are clear of pretty much the entire league as far as EPA per play on the rush. 
just way up there above the rest of these teams. Uh, a little bit below average as far as passing efficiency, but they're still kind of right in the mix with a lot of these uh, a lot of these teams. So they're they're pretty freaking balanced if you know leaning a little bit towards efficiency in the rush. Whereas with the Browns. A little bit above average as far as the rush goes, but kind of right in the meat of it. And then they were way below efficiency wise in the passing game. So it kind of speaks to what you're talking about with them just kind of being boring and being a Big Ten team. I think that really is the uh, the perfect comparison there. Yeah, um, it's Cooper. It's Watson. It's Cream Hunt. It's Njoku. Their backs are you know, Jerome Ford's a nice player. I, you know, I don't mean any disrespect, but there's there's no wow factor there. Um Really at all. I mean, Njoku can rumble after the catch a little bit. He's occasionally been able to go, you know, high point a ball over a safety, things like that. I just don't see the juice. And now having Conklin and Wills both out and maybe Dewan Jones out, what does that what does that do to Njoku? Neutralizes him in the past game. So now you've got James Prochet, Elijah Moore. And I love I love Elijah Moore. I wish they would utilize him a lot more. Um David Bell, who's banged up. Cedric Tillman is supposed to take a leap forward in this offense, but has only logged 99 snaps. They got rid of Donovan Peoples-Jones. They've been putting Jordan Akins, the former Texans, tight end in a good bit. I think he had 19 snaps last week. Where's the juice? Like, where's the juice? We just saw a team that had Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I think Geno Smith, and and this could be – like honestly racist scouting a little bit. I, if you want to call it that, you absolutely can. Geno Smith and Deshaun Watson, I think have a lot of similarities to their game. And I know I, I hate, I always try to avoid black quarterback comparisons because I think they're stupid, low hanging fruit and, and it's dumb. I do think this one is appropriate though. Um, very similar the way they like to live, where they like to locate the football. I would say Deshaun Watson's a little more athletic. I would say Smith is a little bit more willing to hang out in the pocket. Actually, a lot more willing to just hang out in the pocket. Um, both escape sacks well and and prevent sacks well. I, I don't know, man. Just what are the Browns going to do to score 25 points in this game in M&T Bank Stadium, which should be rocking. The bank should be great again. They should have to go silent count. You've got new pieces, young players, injured guys, I don't know. And like, it's, I don't want to say it, but you know, the last two games is like the lions and the Seahawks. I was like, I put these pieces together and I didn't predict a blowout. I'm not going to do it again because it's a divisional game. I think they will be more prepared for the Ravens. This game means more to the Browns. Like I said, than maybe any game this early in the season of Kevin Stefanski's career, like you have to win this game now if you're the Browns. Yeah. And I mean, it's, uh, it is going to be tough. It, it kind of reminds me looking at the numbers a little bit and kind of looking at those, uh, those analytics that we just looked at. It kind of reminds me of like last year around this time with the Ravens, when Tyler Huntley gets put into the lineup, they are, the Browns are 29th in the league in passing yards. We're not big yards guys, but it's 184 yards passing per game. That's not great. Like I said, 29th and then 31st, as far as uh, third down uh, conversion percentage at 31.7, it's just pretty paltry through the air. And like, as we all well know here, me and you and everyone listening to this, you need to be better than that in the passing game. I think we definitely had some, uh, you know, defending Greg Roman, you know, don't look at volumetric stats. It, it doesn't totally account for uh, for their efficiency. And I, I totally But they don't have a dominant run game. And they're not efficient in the pass game at all. I mean, they're, they're down there at the bottom of the league, like we said. So, you know, barring some kind of pretty miraculous turnaround in the passing game, I think if the Ravens 
uh, offense, which obviously we'll get to versus their defense. If they can kind of start to build a little bit of a lead here, Browns get into a negative game script and they're chasing. I, I like the Ravens chances in Baltimore to close that thing out pretty quickly. For sure. Um, it just is if the Ravens offense can be efficient at all. And I guess we can just segue into that side of the football, the Browns defense. We already told we already told this tale last time. If you missed it, they run an extremely high clip of cover one middle of the field, close single high safety. Uh, they love man coverage. They are a man coverage team. They like to rush four. they'll blitz a little tiny bit. I believe we saw a metric earlier. I'm going to try and pull up. It was not too long ago at all. Lamar Jackson versus man coverage first five games against man. And the Ravens have had really bad struggles and probably me being a little tone deaf at times throughout the last like year and a half. I just think the principle of it still has always stood. The Ravens have struggled against man coverage in the end of the Greg Roman era, especially when just really those injuries all piled up 29th in QBR ninth in completion percentage, 20th in yards per attempt over the first five games of the season over the last month. Lamar Jackson is first in QBR, second in completion percentage, and fifth in yards per poor attempt. Jeez, I can't talk. Against (laughs) man coverage. So why is that? Why are they getting better? Because we mentioned Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham and Nelson Aguilar and Zay Flowers, and I'm going to throw an Isaiah Likely into there, and of course Mark Andrews, have been together on the field for a little while. You're starting to be able to understand the look and the timing and the spacing and the really the timing, I would say, is the, the most important factor there. When a guy's breaking against man coverage, that's when the window is created at the stem of the route. That is when separation happens, like on the ball Odell Beckham fumbled last week, created so much separation, and the ball came out at the top of Lamar Jackson's drop back perfectly as the separation was being created. The ball went to the right location. The receiver went to the right location at the right time. So um, going through just PFF grades, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm done beating up PFF. I think they've gotten a little better. Um, they're better than the average you know, football talker of ESPN or something. Like I, I like all of their grades and content more than I like pretty much anything that's this global or national. And when you go back and look at the Browns' defense, I mean – They just beat up on a really bad Cardinals team, which kind of skews things. But those corners are not grading that well. And Denzel Ward is physical and is technically good. I mean, Martin Emerson, we talked about him a couple years ago. He's a physical player. Greg Newsome limited. They have horrible PFF grades. I don't think those guys have been playing at a crazy high level the last couple weeks. I think they played really well against the 49ers, from what I recall. I watched most of that game um, as well. So... Man, if you want to be this top dog defense, pun intended, D-A-W-G, the dog pound, you're going to have to go break the bank, and it's going to be those corners, man. Like, I think the Browns can man up and keep the Ravens to a four-and-a-half yard per carry kind of day, but can you can you cover Mark Andrews? Like, He destroys them. We talked about it. He's the mayor of Ohio. He's the mayor of Cleveland, the governor, whatever. Everyone's like, there's no mayor of a state. I will shut up. Did you get Mark did, you, did people say that to you? Did people like it's just I'm just talking are into you, are you re, talking Are you are you resiloing right now or do people actually do that to you? No, that happened to me. At least two people said there's no on tick most TikTok comments. I've been trying to get the TikTok up, follow exit 52 on TikTok. Got some videos cooking on there, whatever. The comments on there, I'm just 
I got the, uh, I, I made the mistake of uh, saying Todd Monken was like painting like Mozart paintings or somebody. And I got a Mozart was a composer, which listen, you know, well, that's that a clean was, shot. That was pretty fair. That's, that a clean, pretty- that's a clean shot, but it is people, people fucking notice things and they are not going to be afraid to call you out for it. You know what? Clean they, shot. They, I'll they, take they like it. are mean about the way you edit stuff on there too. Like I, I used a cap cut auto, uh, freaking edit basically it like created like this like lagging effect that would kind of pulse and someone was like if your edit lags that's when you know it's shit and i was like okay man sick this is like we're no longer the young guys i think we're just realizing that in real time like the- i'm pretty i'm pretty quick with the 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 edits and stuff like that i i can i can i can gather i'm not pulling that card yet i'm gonna be the the old guy who thinks he's cool way way more Sounds like some my assistant, uh, is, my assistant is fussing over here. Some, or some something. commentary going on in the background there, potentially yeah. agreeing with me. Yeah, she is. She is. She is. She's she's trying to she's trying to talk smack right now. Anyway, the Browns defense has to man up in the trenches. They can like Mo Hurst, Miles Garrett, and Miles Garrett for as I think he's the best pass rusher in the NFL. That's a great one. Jake's pulling up. Ravens lead the NFL with 16 red zone rushing touchdowns. Gus Edwards, seven, and Lamar Jackson have been unstoppable near pay dirt. Shelby Harris, they've got the meat. They've got the beef. Shelby Harris, Miles Garrett, Jeremiah Usukoromoa, Dalvin Tomlinson. My boy, my absolute boy. My dog, my dog. Um, they've got some beef in there. Jordan Elliott, I like that front, but. Lamar Jackson's just better, man. I mean, their their front isn't better against the run necessarily than the Seahawks. Like Seahawks have big boys in there. They bring Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams had a good day. So did uh, Jaron Reed. And it just still doesn't like you can beat the blocks, and then you have to bring down these highly efficient runners as well. So I don't know, man. The Ravens have their number in the red zone. They have for quite some time. They score touchdowns against the Browns. So. I'm seeing this being a three touchdown day for the Ravens offense and a maybe two touchdown day for the Browns offense. Field goals, you know, as they lie, but the Ravens offense is just the best right now. Lamar Jackson, there's no one playing better football at quarterback than Lamar Jackson in the NFL. They're in this homestand. He's having so much fun. And there was a comment by our good on our good friend Glenn Clark Clark's show that Sal Palantonio came on with Glenn and said, he's just, there's no contract drama. And now you can see he's having fun again. There's no dark cloud, which is what we were complaining about for, you know, two years. The dark cloud is gone. This wired that the Ravens put out with Lamar Jackson, him jumping up and down. The, the fan makes a carpet of him. That was so cool. I got to get one of those. Um, well, I think the one of one is now in his possession. Yes, I believe so. And that guy is a little Google doc. I'll, I'll pull up his Instagram. I, I followed him a minute ago. But that guy's a little Google Doc that you can fill out if you want to get one and go support a local guy doing fun things. He made an Adley Rushman one that was really cool as well. And his Instagram is TheReal.1112Gordon1112Rugs. So go check him out. He's like 20,000 followers. Rugs are sweet. But I digress. They're having fun, and that's scary. Like, when was the last time they really had fun? It's been when a while. they went. When they went 14 and two, that was the last time they had a lot of fun. And when Lamar Jackson's having fun, I don't think that the Ravens are, are, are really a beatable team. S- like 
at least eight times out of 10. And I don't know, man, just the Browns defense hasn't been, what are, what are they going to change? What is, what is going to be the big, the big change that the Browns make suddenly that can finally bottle up Lamar Jackson. I just have never seen it happen. So I'm going to go with the Nick Saban. The best indicator of future behavior is, or future performance is ba- is past behavior. I'm really having a tough verbal night tonight, spitting out all my P's and Q's. It's that IPA, but, man. You really are getting yeah, that, old. That one single IPA I had earlier. So uh, best indicator is what you've shown me in the past. And where's it going to come from? And I saw a Browns fan, a very nice Browns fan, was actually being nice. Was like, I don't think the Browns ran that much man coverage the last time they played the Ravens. I think of Lamar Jackson's non-spike or screens or goal-to-go throws, 50% of what the Browns ran was man coverage, which is about what they run. And they did hold Jackson to, I think it was two of five for 14 yards with two sacks, something along those lines. So it did work a little bit, but I just, again, I think the Ravens are better against man now. And the Browns still couldn't stop them then. I don't know, man. I don't know. The Gus bus is rolling. The wheels in the bus. We'll see if Keaton Mitchell can go. Um, and I like Justice Hill a lot as a player, but is he is he the worst like player that plays in the Ravens roster right now? Like who actually gets in the game? The fumbles are just ridiculous. Yeah, it's not- and it doesn't happen with Edwards, and it didn't happen with Mitchell, and it didn't happen with Kenyon Drake, and it didn't happen with Melvin Gordon. It's it's out of control. I, I'm getting pretty pissed off by that. I, I Harbaugh is soft. In his old age, he is not the Johnny Johnny freaking. He's Johnny Sunshine now. He used to be Johnny Raincloud. Used to be Jack Torrance. Here's Johnny breaking through the door. That's what he used to be. If you fumbled, you were sitting for three weeks. If you fumbled that football, and now he's like, ah, that's all right. You I don't know. know. Justice John- Hill's got to rein it in. They talked about it at the press conference that it was a spacing issue, and it is. Justice Hill's always like so far. Lamar is always reaching his arms like uncomfortably wide for Hill. It's like Hill wants to put his foot in the ground too early and needs to get his little ass in there and and trust that his blocks are going to be there. He's not being patient enough with everything. And maybe that'll help him as a runner more. I feel like he's been more patient as a runner, but be a little more patient at the freaking mesh point, man. John's got some youth pastor vibes going on right now. You know, it's tough that you fumbled that ball, but you really want to make sure you don't fumble your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's true. Come over and sit true. on the bench, and we'll. I'll, I'll give you some literature that we can go over. I then you're going right back in the game because I believe the, you. The thing that makes me go against that though is that I think John Harbaugh is maybe the fakest coach in football to the media. I think any availability he does is not even close to the human being that he is, and I think that specifically because of Marlon Humphrey's victory lives on the plane and when he tried to bring John on the other week he was talking it, it was like the code switch that we the Mario Lopez video that's going around right now <laughs> it was like that he was like don't fucking put me on there and it was like he was he was like snarling at Marlon we well, don't yeah, see that ever. we got uh, we, we got uh, our boy Angels and Demons uh, the Da Vinci Code Dan Brown he was on that uh, whatever Nelk Boy ripoff that was talking about giving those stories about John just a couple years ago right Right, exactly. So the doghouse maybe is soft, but yeah, maybe maybe we're to, I'm just lying to myself ultimately. So Justice Hill, man, get it together, please, for the love of God. 
if you need to get – he's going to have to get called upon. Mitchell or Edwards will miss time inevitably at some point this season. If you come over here and you stand next to me while I uh, sit informally, I can tell you all about the love of God and what he can bring to your life, Justice. Exactly. We'll, we'll figure out those fumbling issues through. He needs uh, to watch the righteous gemstones through faith in the Lord. Yeah. No. Listen, I, I, you know, I need to watch that. I got to catch up on. It that. is good. It is good. You should watch it. Yeah. I, I've gotten a couple episodes in a couple times. Just not stayed with it, but I, I like everyone involved. I'm going to give it another shot. I, I do. I like what I've seen. Just it, a, it, a lot of shows. You can you can get lost quick, but if you just if you, you you do have to stick with it. So it's not the best show ever, but you do have to stick with it. Okay. Right, so do. with that, I mean, prediction wise, I was going to say that it's. Isaiah likely and Rashad Bateman's turn on the touchdown train because Odell finally scored. Uh, then Bateman pops up on the the injury report. And I think the Ravens are trying to spread the ball around, are trying to, you know, open things up, get more guys involved and confident. But Bateman questionable maybe with a back, not questionable yet, but was limited. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, tough to predict there. But if we get a good to go and like a removal from an injury report, like there's no – no status. I'm probably going to throw some tutty juice again on on Likely and Rashad Bateman. And I don't know. Um, I, don't, I, just, I just don't know. The Ravens special teams has been shored up. They had a rough, rocky start. Tucker missed, you know, a couple kicks from 61 and 59. Is he and washed? they let up that. Yeah, he's, he's washed now. We're going to start a dialogue. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Stout's been banging them. Devin DuVernay looks fine back there. Coverage units have been good. They did let up that punt return touchdown to the Bengals. That was definitely going to throw their efficiency into the trash for a while, and it, and it did. Now their DVOA is coming back up there. So how I'm, I'm trying to ask the question, how do the Browns win this game? And I think, I think Deshaun Watson is going to have to come into Baltimore while they're white hot and achieve a level of effort that I'm questionable of. Sorry, Quincy Avery, but I'm on Brady Quinn's side. and for In more I, ways than one. Yes, exactly. As am I. So how how is Deshaun Watson? We haven't seen it. It would have to be, like I said in the beginning of the show, it has to be the Deshaun Watson defining Cleveland Browns game. And you're going to have to show me that before I believe it's going to happen. I think our guy David Mulligetta might be a modern-day D.B. Cooper. I mean, my God, what a fucking heist for that dude. <sighs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I just, the Browns. What are they? Why? Why did? Why did you do what you did? And this could. I hope this gets clipped by Browns fans. And the the Browns will put up fifty five points now. Deshaun Watson will throw five touchdowns, and I'll be getting clipped. But it's like, why did you do what you did? the The greatest irony of it is that we haven't seen Deshaun Watson play better than Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett was playing solid quarterback for the Cleveland Browns last year, rock solid. And if they didn't shell out all that money, what could what toys could they have right now? And picks, not to mention. So just, me, this is it. Are, like, are, this is it. To me, this is it. If they win this game, they make the playoffs. If they lose this game, they don't make the playoffs. That I'll lay down that gauntlet. I believe they do still have a pretty tough schedule, if I'm not mistaken. Even if they make what the could, play, like, could you imagine Jimmy Haslam hoisting the Lombardi Trophy? I just can't even visualize that in my head. Like, it just, like. They have a cupcake schedule. I was wrong. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe listen. They go, to, they go Ravens, host the Steelers to Denver, to LA, host the Jags. So there you go. There's one. They host the Bears. W. Who, eh, w. Eh. W. 
well, well the Bears. This is we'll your see. Justin Fields bias. That's a W. That's the, okay. That's fine. Texans. That's a, that that game might determine who makes the wild card or not. Then they host the Jets, who could beat the Browns. I get like those are two similar teams. I'll say Browns and Jets are in the same bucket of clawing through the trash in the gutter to try and make the it's, playoffs. It's all it is all ownership. You got a friend sitting in the room right there with you that knows all about this. You gotta you exactly. gotta you gotta cut it out at the source if you want to move forward. Then they go to Cincy on January seventh, date TBD. So they'll have nine wins, ten wins. They'll be they'll be there. They have a their schedule. The Rams are. I mean, it looks like Stafford could secretly be done for the year. Like what Carson Wentz. <laughs> it's great to have him back. Yeah, it really. We re, the game really needed that quarterback plays in an all quarterback play is it's not good down. Yeah, it's not good. There I was are literally not a lot of good quarterbacks, and then everybody's like, "Well, then why didn't the Falcons pay Lamar Jackson?" It's like because the Ravens were never going to let any. No one wanted to do their bidding. No one wanted to do their bidding for Lamar Jackson. But whatever, we're off the rails a good bit here. I guess we can go on into predickies unless you have any other thoughts as well. No, I'm going to go with uh, Ravens win this thing 28-14. to 14. Browns do score a couple touchdowns, but Ravens just keep it rolling. Like, you know, That's it's, pretty clean. That's pretty clean. It's a little too clean for me. I, no, 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 no. That's like, that's like a fresh fade clean. That's like. Yeah, I've got my, uh, I, I got like the lightning bolts going through the side of my head. My my beard is like perfectly like faded up on the, the sideburns. Like that's what that is. No, no, this is just a good rugged fade, like a clean one. It looks good. It looks like it wasn't just cut. I'm like the that's, uh, that's clean. DT when they like photoshopped like the, the fade and like the AirPods in like that's that's what 2814. No, it's no, 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 no. That's clean. I like that. And I think you'll be closer than I will. OK, what do you got? I'll go. I just I don't know, man, and I, I'm going to make a fool of myself maybe for the third time after basically spending in 40, 40 minutes here. What the how the hell are the Browns going to win this game? 22, 17 Ravens. OK, that's nice and dirty. I like that. Like dirty. The, the Browns are going to have to dirty this. This could be. I guess maybe here's maybe my last bold prediction. Maybe the Browns try to provoke the Ravens into like the after the whistle penalty show. That's not a like uh, that's not a bad strategy in my head. Yeah, like in trying fact. to trying to in, invoke stress and playing dirty and an ejection and stuff like that. Like drag the Ravens through the gutter. That that's where the Browns are and that's where they need to bring the Ravens to. That's the way they can win this game. So. I'm going to say we see two plus unnecessary roughness calls or uh, after the play, whatever you want to call it, flagrant fouls and 22-17. I like it. So I like yours better. I like yours better. I like yours better. Okay. Listen, you know, we both have a, a two score win here, so you can call that a blowout if you want. I mean, they're covering the spread. Uh, by that six and a half number. So I'm I have the, no, I, I didn't have them winning by two scores. I have that. I have this. I'm, I think Vegas has this. Lined right up. Oh, did you say 22-17? 22-17. Okay, I thought you said seven. Sorry. Yeah, I, maybe okay. my brain is struggling a little bit too. But uh, we'll get into it. I mean, this to me, like, this feels like kind of a appetizer. For, I would also like to for the say, main course uh, coming. We, were, we, I was gonna, we were going to have Corey Kinnon on this show, but his, uh, yeah, his lady shout, went shout to out, Shout out to, uh, I think, the, the, the baby. Baby came happy and healthy, right? Baby came happy and healthy. He posted a picture and... Uh, 
I can't remember exactly. I'm trying to find his Twitter right now. He posted a picture, had a funny little caption about it. I can't find his Twitter right this second. But Mazel Tov to you, Corey. Congratulations. Uh, would love to have you on the show. I'll send him this little clip. But congratulations to, to you and your family and hoping for for happy health there. Usually our Browns guy. We had him on earlier this year. So if you do follow Corey, which you should, at the fake Corey Kinnon, I think is yeah, his say, yeah. Twitter. Very cheeky. The fake Corey Kinnon. Go, go wish him a, or go congratulate him on, on welcoming a little one into the world. So with that, I guess we can uh, get the hell out of here, my friend. As always, thank you guys for listening uh, to yet another preview show. Uh, I should be in there for the incident analysis on this coming Sunday. I will be unfortunately out uh, probably for both jumbo set and uh, preview review, all that stuff for the Thursday night game. So I'll be there for the appetizer. We're going to have to see what happens with the, uh, the main game, but uh, looking forward to what's going to be a fun week, I think, and a fun weekend here with this Browns game coming up. Hope everybody is ready to enjoy it. Hope everybody's ready to get out to that tailgate, but we'll discuss more of uh, that in due time. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. I am at Jake Luke. That is L-O-U-Q-U-E. Spencer is at Ravens 4 Dummies. That is the number four. It's at XF52Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Follow it there. Uh, follow the other uh, the other schmucks at Barstool Banks, at Taylor Smith 10 at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Leave a comment. Get the engagement rolling in. Really appreciate all the support there as we've continued to try and grow that. Uh, It's been a fun time. Uh, Hopefully that fun continues this Sunday. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you then. In the meantime. See ya. Arrivederci.